Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Hockey at the Rock. My name is Dan Roselle, and I'm joined, as usual, by John Fisher. Hello, John. Hello, Dan. How you doing? I could be better. Yeah. You know what else could be better? The New Jersey Devils. It's true. It's true. And we're, we're seeing signs that things are getting better um, given their last game. And the results from this past week, they had a very light week, only two games on the schedule mm-hmm. uh, at home against the Florida Panthers, a familiar and unwelcome opponent. And then in uh, on in on Long Island against the Islanders uh, on Friday, which the Devils see Jack Hughes one in overtime so um that first game against florida just to start it off it was a one goal game it did not feel like a one goal game nope. john nope 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 so this game keep in mind remember from our previous show that we harped on the importance of having a good start yeah good first period yeah how to and go. the devil's players said as such lindy ruff said as such anybody who paid attention to any part of the detroit and arizona games said the devils need to have a good start the devils had a whole weekend off no games they had two days to prepare for this game against florida dan did they have a good first period they did not no they, they had they, the same first period that they had had the first two games except against the team that was more potent on offense Exactly. That team did score two goals. Sam Reinhart, uh, one touch and Evan Rodriguez pass, uh, pass Vitek Vanacek. And then Brendan Smith decided to whiff on a puck. Carter Vergehi, who kept his head up, because of course, when Brendan Smith is out there, you got to keep your head up, Dan. Mm-hmm. Well, his head was up, so he knew he could take advantage of that, make Brendan Smith look like a pylon, and roof the resulting puck over Vanacek. To be fair, Vanacek played fairly well in this game, but yeah. the Devils got blowed up in that first period and we're already down to nothing it could have been five nothing it could have been much worse it yeah. really could have been and the devils just didn't really have any responses outside of whatever jack hughes and jesper brat were doing the rest of the lines were just terrible timo meyer in particular mm-hmm. was terrible and that leads us to a second period where okay you figure a bad first period will lead to a better second period right the answer is not really nope um Matt Kachuk finds Nico Mikola all alone on the back door behind Vanacek for a killer pass. He taps it in. It's now 3-0. And about a minute later, Timo Meyer commits the first of two really obvious tripping penalties. He takes a second one later in the second period. And again, it's a minor miracle that the Devils did not score. To be fair, Bobrovsky was tested more in the second period. Mm-hmm. Um, the Devils did have a couple power plays where it looked like they were on the verge of scoring, but Bobrovsky said, no, not happening, bro. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Meyer, I bring up those two tripping penalties because that was the genesis for Meyer getting benched for the third period. He played and not one just shift, Meyer. Not just Meyer. Other Devils got benched for the majority of that third period. Timo, uh, I'm sorry, John Meyer. No, John <laughs> Marino, yep. t- in addition to Meyer. Only got one shift in the third period. And in Curtis addition, Lazar, Curtis Lazar. Also, well, right? yeah. well, Lazar, I think, was more of a case of just shortening the bench. Like, he's a I fourth see. liner. But he wasn't really doing much anyways. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the third period begins with a bizarre set of circumstances that involves Matt Kachuk, Andres Palat, and Nico Heischer all getting penalties. Mm-hmm. You might have noticed I mentioned that one, pl- one devil got penalized more than the Florida players. So the Florida Panthers had a power play, and Sam Reinhart scores on that power play. So it's 4 nothing, 
uh, less, less literally a minute into the third period. Mm-hmm. The Devils did very well to acquit themselves to try to make a comeback, and they did. Uh, Eric Halla snuck a shot through on a power play. The fans were screaming for a shot. Well, they finally got one, and Halla beat Bobrovsky to make it 4-1. About five minutes later, uh, Halla again slung a shot through Bobrovsky, trickles through him. Mc- Michael McLeod's right at, right at the right post, then jams it in to make it 4-2. Fun fact, it is the first assist for Halla this season, the first point for Alexander Holtz, and obviously McLeod's first of the season. Mm-hmm. The Devils would then proceed to um, push forward and th- get a bit of a break when Nick Cousins clearly tripped a devil. And this led to, uh, after a lot of passing and a lot of, again, exhortions of shoot, shoot, shoot. Well, this is why you wait for a good shot, Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hamilton found Brat, uh down by the left, and he slung it in to make it a 4-3 game with less than um, two 2.30 to go. And then on the very next shift, Dawson Mercer clearly gets tripped up. His skates are poked out by the stick of the Florida Panthers. No penalty. Mm-hmm. Now, the Florida the Devils pull their goalie. They push. The Devils don't give up the empty netter. Somehow, Florida missed an empty net. Uh, but there would be no comeback at that point. It was a 4-3 loss. And again, there were a lot of frustration, especially online, about the lack of a tripping call for Mercer yeah. getting fouled. I will say... You cannot complain about not getting four, I'm sorry, three power plays in the third period. Yeah. After playing like utter garbage for 40 minutes. I'm like, going to go ahead and say, don't put yourself in a position where you need a third period late power play to get back into the game after being down by four goals. Exactly. Like, you can't spot the other team for goals. Don't be in that position in the first place to rely on one call at a time. It's different if it's been, you know, a close game the entire way, but this is this would have been miraculous if it had worked. So, you know, it, it's good to see that they're resilient. It's good to see that mentally they're able to stay in the game, even when it was very bleak. I think that's one realm where Lindy Ruff has come a very long way. Um Especially from when, you know, he first started here, we saw them crumble as soon as they gave up leads like that, as soon as they always let up a bad goal. But now it just feels like they're never really out of games. And that's both a good and a bad thing, because, Mm -hmm. again, the Devils definitely have the skill. And sometimes you're going to get the situations that will get you into those back into those games. But you're not always going to get the calls. The fouls aren't always going to be there. And this is a sport where, you know, the skill just isn't enough. Like you need the other other factors. And the reality is you need more than just two players to show up at the start of the game. And unfortunately for the Devils, they only had Vanacek, Hughes, and Bratt, who literally gave 60-minute efforts. There was a lot of passengers in that game, like Mercer, like Kevin Ball, like Luke Hughes and Brendan Smith. A lot of guys who were just kind of there. And um that's not good, but I will say to Ruff's credit, for the first time this season, he's actually changed up the lines and the pairings within the game, which was a surprise to me because I thought he would have done it in the first two games because the Heischer-Meyer-Mercer line has been objectively bad, Dan. Mm-hmm. It took Meyer taking two stupid tripping penalties before realizing, oh, I should split these guys up, yeah. and Heischer played a far better game, albeit aside from his penalty, in the third period. Mercer... Well, he still wasn't very good in this game. Uh, he's had a very slow start to this season. But the I think this, this you know, one of the 
things that people criticize Mr. Ruff about is, you know, he's too willing to change the lines. I've learned to realize that's actually a good thing. If something's not working, don't stick with it. You know, good chem, as, as our good friend Jack Hughes would say, um, it doesn't take very long to figure it out. You know, you don't sit there and say, oh, I met this person, Dan. And, you know, if I go out with them like for a month, maybe I'll learn to like them. That's not mm. how it works. Same in hockey. You know, if you know that three players aren't going to work on a line, you're going to find out pretty quickly. So don't stick to it just to make a point unless you have no other option. And so credit to Ruff for at least changing things up for that third period. And I think that did, in a sense, help lead to a closer loss than what it could, what maybe what it should have been. Cause again, four nothing, you know, the devil's fully earned that four nothing. It wasn't like Vanacek gave up some soft goals or something like that. Like Florida just played him off the ice for the better part of two periods. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't been good with high danger chances. Certainly. Uh, that's one issue that Vanacek is having um, as opposed to Schmid, who is pretty much the inverse. And he started the next game against the Islanders. And again, an effort to establish good cam and an effort to check in with their latest $8 million plus signing uh, in the offseason. Timo Meyer was interviewed over the week. You know, all the articles were written, blah, blah, blah. What's going on with him? Is the benching fine? And long story short, yes, of course it is. Uh, it is very early in the season. It's very early in everyone's uh, tenure here. Lindy Ruff literally just signed a multi-year contract. So, uh, again, everything's fine. We're only three games at this point into the season and you just lost to the defending Stanley cup finalists. Uh, I don't think there's much to be, um, you know, fully, fully concerned about because you're still in all the games and you'll figure out the slow starts. And that's exactly what they did as they played their first road game um, against the Islanders. And this was the, it was weird. It, it felt like it was going to be the Jack Hughes frustration show, and it ended up being both that and the Jack Hughes show in general. Right. So in addition to some context, Dan, the Islanders' previous game before this one, they hosted Arizona. Yep. Now, Arizona did play in Manhattan the night before, but the Islanders kept Arizona to 14 shots. 14. And got a shutout. They won one nothing. Yeah. The Devils got 14 got close to 14 shots in just the first period alone of this game. Yeah. Clearly the start of this game was much better. Much better. It was a lot closer to what you would call Devils hockey. In fact, Lindy Ruff said as such after the game saying that that the game performance was a lot closer to what they were doing last season and I would agree a thousand percent with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This was a lot better. You saw the Devils push forward, you saw multiple lines come in waves. You even saw the bottom six push forward and join the attack. Well, you saw defensemen activating and yeah, there were some times where the Devils got caught, uh, such as what happened to the uh, first goal get by the Islanders, where Brock Nelson got free. Uh, it was an odd man situation, and he beat Akira Schmid straight up to make it one nothing. But with the way the Devils were attacking, and Ilya Sorokin, Ilya Sorokin was forced to make great saves. He absolutely robbed Jack Hughes in front. Yeah. He absolutely robbed Jesper Bratt, who, albeit, probably should have shot the puck six inches to his right and, and i feel like schmied didn't have a great game either no he he did it there were a couple goals where unlike the unlike the florida game with vanacek whereas i would say look vanacek you're kind of nitpicking if you're going to fault that game on him with yeah. the with this one i would say schmied could have done better i i think not not the first nelson goal i would say the second nelson goal. yeah yeah, yeah. and the and, Horvath, uh, I'm, maybe. I'm i'm i'm, I'm it's a bit of both for this. We'll get there. We'll get there. Anyway, um, to continue the story, 
So Sorokin already robbed Hughes, already robbed Brat. Um, try to think of who else he robbed in that first period because he was just on his head, right? I mean, Stop. that save on Hughes, we're going to be watching that all season long. And the only well, solace I take from that being a highlight is knowing that the Devils won that game. Well, uh, Sorokin himself will tell you, yeah, he doesn't remember that save. Yeah, in fact, he, he was actually asked about that after the game. He's like, what did you yeah. think about the guy save you said on Hughes? And he says, I don't remember that. He's, he's like, I only remember the overtime goal, which it, is, it, I mean, that's free competitor mode. Credit to them and him for having that kind of mindset. Um, anyway, but man, what a fun game. Well, anyway, so the big failing of the Islanders in this game, they had two of them, Dan, the mm. Islanders sucked at controlling the puck. I'm not, I'm not going to mince words. They sucked at it, Dan. They gave up pucks all over the place. Yep. The second problem was their discipline. They took penalties after penalty after penalty and the devils punished them. Yep. Repeatedly. They didn't score on the first one that Casey Zika's. A slash, but Adam Pellick got an interference call for dumping Tyler Toffoli into Sorokin. And Timo Meyer gets his, and, and Akira Schmid too, gets their first points of the season by hooking up Dougie Hamilton in the high slot to drop a clapper that Sorokin absolutely was not going to stop, and it didn't. And that was with a minute left in the period. That was one, so one. big. That was it their was first big. first period goal all season. Exactly. And then worse... Sezikis decides to cross-check Nico Heischer in the kidneys. He gets called for this with 15 seconds left in the period. The Devils don't do anything in those 15 seconds, but you get a fresh sheet of ice for the second period. And it isn't long before Tyler Toffoli gets his first as a Devil by picking the corner. Mm -hmm. Dan, this could have been the best goal of the game, by the way. This is this I, is I would, why you I would get argue, Tyler Toffoli also. Yeah, like this shot was inch-perfect, top corner. Mm -hmm. Any other night... This would be your goal of the game. This would be the highlight real goal. Yeah. This would not be the highlight real goal. And we'll get to that a little later. Yeah. Unfortunately for the Devils, they could not hold on to this as, again, uh, a terrible breakout play by Luke Hughes and a, and a weird stick issue with Brendan Smith combined to Kyle Palmieri finding Brock Nelson all alone in the slot. Well, now, the stick issue is that he dropped it thinking he might get penalized for uh, oh, he thought it was having broken. it in the midsection. Right. But it was not a penalty, and it just led to a goal. Yeah, and this is the one that Shamid should have stopped, because this was a classic, this is just between your legs. You just got beat. Yep. You know, I understand Nelson waited was all out. alone. What? He just waited him out. Yeah, exactly. So this this is the soft one. I would say of, of the four allowed, this was the softest. Um, anyway, shortly after that, Adam Pilek decides, I'm going to clear this puck over the glass. <laughs> That's a penalty, Dan. Yep. Uh, and this leads to Luke Hughes firing a smacker through a wave of bodies. Appeared to go under Casey Sezikis's leg at first. Yep. And then rose up and just went bar down on Sorokin uh, to make it 3-2. And Jack a... looking happier for him than for any goal that he himself has scored, by well, the mind way. You, Jack, Jack, of course, got the primary assist on this. Yeah, um, as he has six other times this season. Yeah, this was his sixth. Um, so it's 3-2, right? All, mm -hmm. all is looking good. And then the Devils have another defensive zone breakdown that leads to Noah Dobson having the, the puck at the high, just above the high slot, and looking to his right and realizing Bo Horvat and Simon Holmstrom are both wide open on the right. It was the a Devils nice were, fake shot, too. It was a great fake shot by Noah Dobson, but the Devils were completely caught on the left side. Um, or rather, the right side to 
look, they were caught on one side and nobody was on the side of Holmstrom and, and Horvat. So it was the world's easiest pass for Dobson to Horvat. Horvat's all alone. He slams in a sharp angle shot that beats uh, Schmid at the post. Some could argue that Schmid should have stopped that. I think that's a little harsh considering, you know, Schmid did have to go post to post for that one. Um, it was also a really good play shot by Horvat. If that was like an inch lower, that's a save. Uh, it just got over the pad. Uh, yep. But still, my bigger complaint is why would why in five on five, you know, that side of the ice is wide open where two Islanders were sitting. Yeah, that's the bigger issue for sure. Exactly. And more importantly, it made it three to three. And then the Islanders proceed to fail to score a goal and the Devils get robbed again a couple of times. Holt got robbed on a sweet toe drag by Sorokin. And um, you're looking at this going, okay, three to three. Devils had 15 shots in the second period. Again, that's more than Arizona had all game in their previous game by the Islanders. So you're thinking, okay, this offensive explosion that was unexpected is happening. How is this going to play out? Well, the answer turned out to be ask Pierre Engvall, who decided to take a hooking penalty in the third period. And it did not take long for Andres Palat to slide a sweet backdoor pass to Jack Hughes, who taps it in past Sorokin, four to three. Of course, Dan, the third period that, you know, the goal was great, but th- there was a concern in the third. Tell the people about the concern. Dan. Yeah. Uh, Nico, he sure took a hit against the boards. It looked like it kind of crumpled part of his upper body, which was confirmed after the game. He didn't see a shift after that. So um, not great to lose the uh, defensive minded pillar of your team or one of them at least. But uh, as we heard from who was it, Elliot Friedman uh, speaking yeah. on Sportsnet, or TSN, whatever it was, he said that Nico Heischer looks set to return to practice on Monday. So the Devils have avoided a massive, massive um, problem with a major injury for Nico Heischer. They are seeing some injuries. Uh, Eric Halla is still kind of beaten up. He missed some games in the preseason as well, missed some practices then for maintenance. Uh, Tomas Noshek is also uh, injured at the moment. So the Devils' depth is already being tested in those bottom six uh, forwards, but uh, good news definitely about Nico Heischer making his return to practice on Monday. Assuming that that holds up, um, yes, it, it's worth noting that you know Halla and, and Noshek did not play in the Islanders game, mm-hmm. um, and now you're down Heischer. So you're down your your center depth is now Jack Hughes, Michael McLeod, maybe Chris Tierney, Throw maybe Mercer Dawson Mercer. Mm-hmm. You you start you start you know you're in a four, you're in a one goal game against the Islanders and suddenly you realize faceoffs might be an issue. Yeah. Um, credit to the Devils forwards for getting some big faceoff wins. There was a big penalty kill uh, late in the third period where Michael McLeod was assessed the tripping penalty and the Devils got out of that situation thanks in part to the fact that the Devils did win some faceoffs and did get some big clearances. They didn't overthink their penalty kill, which is great. Unfortunately. Uh, with the extra skater, uh, Mr. Sorokin was pulled. Uh, the Devils got a clearance, tried to get it, tried to push forward, didn't really have a lane for an empty netter, so it just got dumped in. Yeah. And then the Islanders decided to rush all their players to the net. Matt Barzell appeared. He got the first shot. Schmid stopped him. Barzell appeared to hit Schmid. Mm-hmm. Anders Lee either collects the puck or takes another shot. I can't recall. But the resulting rebound on the far right was Bo Horvat. He slams it in off of Schmid's pad and into the net. The Devils definitely looked at this play for quite a bit 
wondering, is it worth, you know, calling for the goaltender interference challenge? I'm glad they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to take a penalty at that point. Exactly. Like it's the, your risk reward is your reward is it's four, three again. Your, your risk is you're, you're four, four, and now you're killing a penalty. And Oh, by the way, you're already down, you know, Nico. Nico he sure. Yeah, it, exactly. So, I mean, I, I would argue that would have been an iffy call because Barzal did hit Schmid, but Schmid was able to move after the contact. So it could be argued that the interference didn't really stop Schmid from trying to make a play and like, okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, ultimately this is one of those cases. I know some of the people who matter get frustrated over all oh, the devils gave up a six on five goal. It's like, well, four guys rushed to the net. Like, I don't know what you want there. It's literally, that, that's what it looks like, you know, you know, that's, that's the whole play there. So it sucks, but it's four to four. You go to overtime. Now yeah. overtime was very stressful. Jack Hughes gets an open shot at the beginning of overtime. He gets denied by Sorokin. Matt Barzell comes the other way, gets an open schma- uh, open shot on Schmid. Schmid makes a huge save. And then you get into this case of possession. You know, you're yeah. hoping and praying, you know, okay, don't lose the puck here. Don't decide to take a stupid pass. Don't, you know, try to force a play. The smartest shift of the whole game has no shots at all. It's with Timo Meyer, Dawson Mercer, and John Marino. They, and they, Hughes said as much in the post game interview. By the way, I just wanted to bring this up here because yeah. uh, they asked him about the play and what he was thinking as he went through, and he mentioned right away um, this play started about thirty seconds earlier when that unit you just mentioned was keeping the Islanders behind their own red line and not allowing them to change. So there are some tired legs on the ice, which is perfect for a rested Jack Hughes. Exactly. And this is why you see what you see in overtime. I know some of the people in the media don't like it, but this is a very big reason why so much of overtime is about possession. It's for situations exactly like this, because the devils, they push forward, gain the zone, but they, they didn't see anything that they liked. So you know what? They just went back to the neutral zone, but they didn't go all the way back. They made sure they kept the pucks on their sticks and put them in a position so that the Islanders couldn't make a change. That's the other thing about overtime, Dan. It's a long change. Yeah. So a Ryan Pulak, for example, he can't skate the 180 feet from his dot to, you know, the bench because the Devils have the puck on their stick. Yeah, Marino just kind of pulled him farther and farther from the bench too. Exactly. And so when Mercer came off and Jack Hughes jumped on, the Devils were able to make a pass to Jack Hughes. And at first it looks like Jack Hughes is skating one on three. Mm Mm-hmm. But then you real then uh, upon closer inspection you realize two of the Islanders can't do anything. One Islander is per you know parallel with Hughes. He's too far away. He can't do anything. The other, the other Islander is also too far away. The only guy who could do anything is the aforementioned Pulak. Mm-hmm. And then Pulak got turned into a pylon as Jack Hughes took him on, cut around him, and just inside his body fired a rising shot that made Sorokin look like a shooter tutor. that's the it was a brilliant goal a brilliant play credit to jack hughes for crediting marino meyer and mercer for creating that situation and that's why sorokin doesn't care about what he robbed of jack hughes because jack hughes beat him twice in this game and beat him for the w uh so the devils win five to four with 39 shots on net and if it wasn't for Sorokin, this could have been a blowout game. Like, I didn't even mention Nathan Bashing got robbed in this game, Dan. Yeah. And Na- yeah. That, that means that Nathan Bashing got 
a great opportunity to score in this game. That's how yeah. bad the Islanders were. They were giving up opportunities left and right and center. And the Devils, to their credit, yes, they leaned a lot on their power play with uh, four power play goals. Yes, you know, they got the benefit of punishing the Islanders so many times. But this is what you sign up for with the Devils as they are. They have the offensive skill to can stay in these types of games, compete in these types of games and not get down on themselves in case, okay, we gave up a goal with less than two minutes ago. Hey, we'll get it in overtime. I'm yeah. sure Ruff would like some stuff to be cleaned up. The defense effort has to be better in the future. And obviously getting a healthy Heischer, a healthy Hala, a healthy Noshek even will help with that. But, um, you know, this was, I think, a much better performance than it implies. And if the Devils play more games like this, they will get goals at five on five. They will get more goals in general, and they'll get more Ws, which is great because they have a schedule of some potentially tantalizing favorable matchups coming up. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. All right. So I found out why Tuesday's game against Montreal has a weird start time, Dan. Because that is Super NHL Tuesday where all the teams are playing and all the start times are staggered. That's right. So for the... Very small minority of hockey fans and media members who complain endlessly online about how come all these games are at the same time? Well, you're getting your wish. Oh, I'm very into it. I'm very I'm, into I, that. I, idea, I, 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 I am not because I typically only follow the devil. So, yeah, well, that's anyway, you're boring. Anyway, go on. Anyway, so the devils are playing in Montreal. Um, at seven fifteen, and Montreal, they're they're no pushovers, Dan, but they're also not very good defensively. I don't trust that goaltender at all. So the Devils can go into this game with some good opportunity to build up some more offensive confidence, which will also be helpful for their following game against the Washington Capitals, which will be mm -hmm. on TNT at seven thirty. Uh, Washington has struggled to start the season. Alexander Ovechkin got his first shot on net in a week, so credit to the Putinist. Uh, they also lost in overtime to Montreal last night, and that was following a 6-1 loss to the Ottawa Senators. Uh, so the Capitals are definitely another team that the Devils would be wise to beat. Keep the Capitals down in the division. Help yourself in the division. And then on the 27th, which is Friday, the Devils will host Buffalo, a team that finally got some Ws, um, but has absolutely struggled defensively, to say the least, to the point where their own team are like, yeah, we can't go on offense because we can't defend. Well, they're also down their starting goaltender now in uh, Devon Levy for a couple of, I think, weeks maybe, and uh, old friend Eric Comrie is their goaltender now. Hey, Comrie almost shut out the Islanders last night. Sure did. Almost. Anyway. And then I'll just continue this uh, because it's the end of the month now. Uh, the last game of the month is next Sunday for the first weekend game of the season. Uh, the Devils will host Minnesota on, the, you know, on Sunday on Mischief Night Eve, which is not a day. That's just something I just made up. That's at 5 p.m. So that's Sunday. a nice. That's a. That's, that's what a, we call that usually, not Mischief Night Eve. Sure. Why not? Anyway. Mischief Night also betrays your North Jerseyness because what I've learned, and I know that there's fans from all over Jersey who listen to this, that's not a thing in other places. And uh, it was a thing in Edison, and that's Central Jersey. There's all kinds of names for it though. Like there's Mischief Night, there's like Goosey Night, and I think uh, people from Glenrock specifically called it that. And that may just be my specific interaction with those people. But yeah, Cabbage Night also a thing. You ever heard that one? 
I, I think you're pulling. I think you're pulling my leg here, Dan. You, okay, listen. The people who know will tell you, but uh, it has all sorts of different names. But the night before is usually just called Sunday. But that's wild, by the way, that you said that that's the first weekend game of the season. It is. That's it crazy. Is. It is. And speaking of wild, it is against the wild, a team hey. that I can't figure out if they're supposed to be offensively good, good defensively. There's they're kind of figuring it out still. I mean, they did just lose an overtime to Columbus, thanks to Kaprizov and um, and another player botching an overtime play. But again, you know, Philip Gustafsson is considered to be a top goaltender and, you know, he conceded five goals to Columbus. Mm-hmm. So you you figure it out. They could be challenging. They could not be. Just do your best devils and you should be fine. The but those four great. They're like the twins in that they're perfectly mediocre all the time. Well, get used to them because the following game, November begins with a game in Minnesota. So get some good data uh, out of that Sunday game as well. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's coming up. And those are four teams where if the Devils can put up the type of offensive performance that we've seen, even if it's not going to be with, you know, four power play goals, obviously, uh, if they get the offensive performances from the start of the game in each of those games, they should be able to get results out of all four of those games. I, I actually do have quite a bit of confidence. Yeah. For the and Dallas again, if you're a uh, Stanley Cup contender, these are the types of games, this is the type of stretch where you should look at and be like, okay, this is business as usual. Clean up at least three wins out of four here, like, and then move on. Yeah, because it gets harder in November. I'm I'm sorry for jumping far ahead, but November begins with a four-game road trip that'll take you to Minnesota, to St. Louis, to Chicago, and then ends in Colorado. That is not a fun stretch for anybody. Um, Just ask the Carolina Hurricanes who, you know, they just went on their California trip, Dan, and just went to uh, Colorado last night. They went one and three this past week, Dan. They lost to Anaheim. They lost to, you know, Colorado. They lost to Seattle. They gave up six goals in of those three games I just mentioned Mm -hmm. like, and that's Carolina. That's a team that is seen as a contender, um, you know, with already 30 goals against this season, which is very concerning. So you're right. The day, the devil, this is the time for the devils to clean it up. Don't fall to the fate of the Carolina hurricanes where now you have to start thinking about, you know, really changing your roster here. Hope for a little help. Hope don't, don't rely so much on getting the calls in your favor to get the power play goals. You need to uh, stay in games get you know put in the performances you've been perform doing in the islanders more often and you'll get those goals at five on five and you'll get more w's and everybody will be happy myself yourself and the people who matter included yeah you can't be over reliant on jack hughes even though he seems like he is all about trying to win the heart trophy this year he currently has 10 points in four games all primary points by the way goals or primary assists which is also uh really staggering to think about from him but uh, really enjoying watching him and i know the whole league is too there's a lot of conversation about him now and again he seems laser focused on what he has to do next so i'm very excited to see what he does this week and i'm excited to see he should come back to practice but uh, i think that brings us to the end of this episode Mm -hmm. And we'll catch up with you after next week of games as the Devils look to build upon the win against the Islanders. So thank you, as usual, for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Let's go, Devils. Go, Devils. See ya. See ya.